0: It could be about civil rights. It could be about the climate. Pick a theme that speaks to you. Pick a charity that you donate to and take that theme and work your room's design around it. And that way you have something meaningful to talk about with the press. The Wingnut Social Podcast.
1: How in the hell do you get a show house? And if you do get one, is it worth it? Today with Corey Damon Jenkins. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your
0: interior design business? Then welcome to Wingnut Social, the podcast specifically designed to accelerate your business through increased social media presence, impactful online content, and translating industry experience into physical success. This is your design business, Tightly Fastened. Now welcome the hosts of Wingnut Social, Darla Powell and Natalie Graf.
1: Hey there, wingnuts. Welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I am your host, the head wingnut, Darla Jethro-Powell, and I'm joined by the soulless ginger. Natalie Graff. Hey, Natalie and Graff. How the hell are you? Oh, I can't complain unless I complain about you. You complain daily, 24 hours, seven days a week.
2: No, I don't. Even in your sleep. Oh, yes.
1: (laughs) You know, I was going to say, how was your 4th of July? But I know how it was. Because you were working. You were fighting fires.
2: I was. I was.
1: You know what I was doing for 4th of July? Because this we're recording this just the Monday after the holiday weekend. I was consoling our poor, shaking dogs. And half of them were on drugs. Because the neighbors... I thought you were on drugs. That's generally speaking. Oh. Because the neighbors...
2: Oh, wait, that was Sunday.
1: <laughs> That's every day, lady. <laughs> The neighbors like to set off their own little amateur, professional-level fireworks, and it sounded like the War of 1812 was going on in our backyard, and they were terrified. I hate that. I really don't
2: like that. I know, our poor boys do not like firecrackers.
1: No, it, I'm not a big fan of them myself either. I mean, I like when we go to Disney, I like to see the fireworks who pretty, but I hate the noise. That's PTSD from my previous career in law enforcement, shootings and such.
2: Speaking of our,
1: our mangy mutts, what did- They're Ra- not mangy. No, they're not. Those are- what did,
2: what did Radar do when the lawn people were here?
1: Oh my gosh. Oh, so our crazy dog Radar, who is a Australian cattle dog, he does not like the lawn guys. So we had him set up in the bedroom with the doors closed closed but natalie forgot to close the door to the master no 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 yes i didn't forget darla did yes 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 and he decided to in lieu of attacking the yard men whom he can reach is that correct english jerry surity he decided to rip the toilet paper holder off the wall
2: out of the drywall anchors and everything anchors and
1: all anchors away
2: my dog (laughs) so he's a little crazy yeah he well my mom imagine thinks, us my having, mom thinks he has a few screws loose because he attacks our palm fronds that way too when they fall down he
1: does imagine us having crazy dogs two totally sane people
2: this is right yeah
1: exactly I, uh, I don't know how yeah. much I'd be telling people about that Natalie today's the first
2: day or second day I should say of my new diet yeah I'm ready for you to be off at your <laughs> couch.
1: I did just have a couple Debbie Cakes before the podcast.
2: I just don't understand your dieting and how that works. Why can you eat Debbie Cakes? You really can't. It's called intermittent fasting. But you're still not supposed to eat damn Debbie Cakes.
1: No, no, and you're really not. But you're supposed to limit your eating window, which doesn't that sound like just so primal? My eating window. <laughs> anyway, I'll let you guys know how it works. I kind of like it. I have a lot more energy on it. But I, today I was just feeling low energy and I, I grabbed the quick and easy... We didn't have any Snickers.
2: Did you even look to see if we had a Snickers?
1: Wait, we have Snickers?
2: I don't know. I don't <laughs> need it. I'm just asking if you looked.
1: All right. So I am Debbie Cake Fueled, and I am kind of nervous today, Natalie. I'm, I'm a little nervous about this interview. I'm fangirling a bit here. I know. There's, he's just a nice- because he's cute and he smells good? He's not cute. He is gorgeous. He is. He but is. he's very sweet. And he's charming, and he's the best-dressed man in the interior design industry. And he's also the best-smelling
2: person yes, I think is. I've
1: ever met. And, of course, we're talking about Corey Damon Jenkins. Natalie, I know you know Corey Damon Jenkins is a lovely man, but do you know his work?
2: I follow him on Instagram, and I see his stories. That makes you
1: an expert. Let me tell it you does. guys, there's everybody listening here knows who Corey Damon Jenkins is, but just in case... Let me tell you a little bit about Corey Damon Jenkins in case you are under a rock and you have no idea who he is, which is doubtful. But Corey Damon Jenkins is a nationally acclaimed interior designer, and he's known for his vibrant neoclassical interiors with a modern twist. This modernity is often informed by runway fashion to create spaces that are layered, elegant, luxurious, and refined. He has offices in Michigan and New York City, and he has a whole team that he manages for his design project. Oh, his his um, lead designer, Holly. We met her at. We I was just on a panel with him. Yes, I know. And um hi was it high point high point, high point. <laughs> oh, ASID panel. Oh my gosh, he's just uh, have I mentioned how much I'm in love with, I am with uh, Corey Damon Jenkins. <laughs> he's so sweet. Should I be worried? No, I don't think it's that kind of love. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure it's yeah. It's 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 a different kind of love. <laughs> Corey is also a brand ambassador for several brands, including Leathercraft and Hudson Valley Lighting. He launched his design firm in 2009, and you guys also know he was one of the two Michigan designers tapped to participate in a televised HGTV competition called Show House Showdown. So he's really the perfect guy for this podcast. And guess who went on to win that? Show House Showdown. Let me guess, Corey. How did you guess? That's uncanny. Yes, it was Corey. So today we're going to be talking all about show houses and are they worth it? How much are they, how much do they cost? What kind of an investment they're in? I have my own little tiny personal story to tell about show houses. Because Corey, not only did he win a freaking showhouse showdown, he just came back from like the penultimate interior design showhouse, the Kipps Bay Showhouse in New York City. And his uh, stunning, stunning as usual, really just jewel-worthy, stunning, amazing. His designs are just so elevated, speechless, so gorgeous. So wingnuts, help me in welcoming Corey Damon Jenkins to the Wingnut Social Podcast. So Corey, you are fresh, hot off the heels of doing the Kip Space Showhouse in New York, and oh my gosh, how gorgeous and impressive! What what kind of experience was that for you? How how was that? Are you exhausted?
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for the, the kind words. Yeah, you know, um, that was an amazing honor. Uh, I've been supporting Kips Bay, you know, for a few years now, as far as, you know, just supporting the program and the charity, I believe in what they do. You know, their whole focus is dedicating funds and programs to children in the Bronx and giving them a chance to get a leg up in life. But, you know, in particular, you know, children of color, you know, black and brown kids. And so for me to have the experience to give back in that way was huge. I was not expecting that phone call. I did not audition or, or apply to you know be part of this amazing show house, I got a phone call uh, to participate. It was one of those moments where you really realize that something very significant is happening in your career at that moment. And when I got the phone call, I got so nervous, I had to literally tell the gentleman, can I call you back? Because uh, my heart's in my throat right now, <laughs> and I can't breathe. And I need to kind of just take a minute to collect my thoughts. Um, But it was huge. It was a huge opportunity. And uh, I would have been grateful just to design the broom closet or the laundry room or the basement (laughs) just to be a part of the program. So to get the library was completely unexpected and just great.
1: Oh, yeah. Let me tell you, that would be the best-looking broom. Right? They would Gucci brooms. Kips Bay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not something that you had to pitch or something that you reach out to. Is it something generally? Because I'm going to ask show, uh, you questions on, as devil's advocate on behalf of the audience. Sure. Else, because I have no idea. Do they just reach out to designers themselves? Can you pitch? Or how does that work normally for Kips Bay?
0: Well, you know, the whole idea behind Kip's Bay is it's like the Academy Award. I, I don't think you can go any higher in this country in terms of show houses is with regards right. to the honor. It is the top creme de la creme of the design community that's invited to participate in that uh, show house. Uh, I do think you can apply. Um, one of the chairs, uh, Jamie Drake, uh, did an interview during the process and he told, I believe it was Architectural Digest, that you can apply. You submit a portfolio and go through the the process that way. I did not. Honestly, I didn't think I was worthy. You know, <laughs> I I, I, I oh, was come like on. I know I'm I'm, Natalie, I'm I am on. dead, I am dead serious. And and that's how it was, even when I got called for HGTV, you know, I didn't believe I was worthy. I didn't call back my executive producer for two weeks. I just didn't think I was good enough. So that's kind of my approach to things. It's like why am I being given this blessing? Why am I being given this amazing privilege? Uh-huh. So I really Did not even think about applying. And so I got the phone call to participate. And of course, I was told that I better not say no because it is one of those things that (laughs) once it comes your way, you know, gird your loins and get ready. So, yeah, you can apply. But I think that they like being able to handpick and select the designers. Uh, It's basically a rite of passage for those who get a chance to participate.
1: Well, that, it's an amazing, amazing. And of course, you're you know well known, and your visibility is crazy high, and your work is stunning. So it was a no brainer for them to choose you. And you know, if Thanks. I, it, it, you're very welcome, very well deserved. And if I were asking another designer, the difference here might be more profound. But since you have done the Kips Bay Showhouse, have you noticed any uptick or anything in your you know the request coming in for your design firm or any other possibilities there? I mean, you're already kind of on oh, the high yeah. end of the spectrum. But what can you share with us?
0: Yeah, we've got our phones have been ringing off the hook with regards to people both in the New York, uh, the greater New York area, Connecticut, New Jersey, and uh, New York City, as well as uh, outside of the Northeast Corridor, because that showhouse draws, you know, thousands and thousands of people from all over the world to tour the house. I try to be there every week for four weeks straight, almost every day to interact with people and That's how you really get a chance to meet potential clients is to tell them the story and the inspiration behind your creation. There's nothing quite you know interacting with the designer himself or herself versus having a stand-in assistant or someone else tell the spiel. It's always better and more authentic if it comes from the designer. So um, I had a chance to meet a number of people. Uh, one lady, I can share this one experience with you. She was there with uh, her her daughters and they were loving the room, and which was great. I guess she had Saved the front cover. I had, I had the front cover of Traditional Home magazine, and oh, nice. And she had a yeah, and she had saved the picture that room on her phone uh, as like a screensaver on her phone. And so her daughters put two and two together that not only was I the same designer who had done the design of this room that was on her phone or her iPhone, but was also the designer of that particular show house space, and that all of us were from. Birmingham, Michigan. She lived in Michigan as well, and she just didn't put two and two together that we were neighbors, you know, basically. And so we had this great conversation. She's getting ready to do a new, uh, huge renovation project, and we're going to talk about collaborating together. We'll see where that goes. But I wouldn't have had that opportunity if I hadn't physically been there in the house. So it's been it's been great. Lots of feedback. Lots and lots and lots and lots of press. We'll see where things go. We'll see where things go. That's
1: terrific that you're actually there and that people could speak with you. We just had Kips Bay Showhouse here also in Palm Beach, and we went there and we looked at rooms, and there was a designer here and there, and that was the most impactful experience was when the designer was actually in the space and yeah. you could converse with them and talk to them they weren't there at all the spaces but there were two or three there and so that
2: yeah that was pretty funny i'm standing inside of a, a dining room and i'm just kind of hanging out because you know me <laughs> like oh well and this She's guy goes hey how do you like the room i go well it's my favorite she goes he goes are you just saying that because i'm the designer i go oh you're the designer <laughs> 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 you know you know me i'm like okay well no this is really my favorite but you know
0: yeah, you never know who's actually the designer. That can be a good or a bad thing because sometimes people will come into the room and they'll trash it, and mm-hmm. they don't know that the designer is listening. And so <laughs> it can be a rough crowd. You know, it <laughs> can be very awkward. I, what I tried to do with my space, I tried to make my space an experience. So I always had music playing in my room. I had Sergio Mendes from Brazil '66. I had Dionne Warwick. I had Diana Ross in the Supremes. I had uh, Gladys Knight in the Pips. Marvin. Jackson 5 all these classic 1960s uh, Dionne Warwick you know all these great 60s and 70s um, music stars playing on a soundtrack in my room which really set the mood for the space I had candles lit so I had the aroma going you know you have to create this experience Experience. People are paying uh, a nice little fee to tour the show house for inspiration and also, more importantly, to support a great charity. So you really want to make it a wow factor for them beyond just the design decoration. So all of that, I think, made people love coming to my room. They came back often two or three times before leaving because they just couldn't get enough of hanging out in the space. Like, I had a fresh fruit on the tables and the aroma of that mixing in with the candles made it for a, a, a great ambiance. Uh, so it's more than just being there present in the room physically. It's also about creating an experience. You're, You're hosting them as your guest. You
1: know, that sounds amazing. I wish I had gone to New York to <laughs> go to Kipps Bay. It was fun. And so, you know th- we as just well. in? <laughs> I, we were, wow. yeah. <laughs> so, yes. okay, so not all show houses are of that level. Of course, we already said that's the penultimate, that's the Oscars of the industry, the Kipps Bay Show House in New yeah. York. There's smaller show houses all across the country on you know local levels, local clubs, local charities. So, let's talk about if you're a designer in the local market and you're not at the Corey Damon Jenkins level yet.
0: We're <laughs> you're not five foot <laughs> nine. <maybe> ever. <laughs> <laughs> not, that's not that tall <laughs>
1: what would you recommend to the wingness to the baby designers or even established designers listening who haven't done a show house or are just looking to kind of get their foot in the door in the show house i mean kips bay isn't gonna be calling us all right what would you recommend for them to get started and on the first part of that question the second part of that question is they're hella expensive so yes. we'll we'll get into. <laughs> so don't think I'm not going to ask about that. So let's. Where would you recommend they start if they want to get their feet wet? And is it worth it? Is the expense and everything worth it for the exposure? It sounds like it was worth it to you, but I don't know how much you
0: spent.
2: <laughs> but let's, oh, yeah. let's, well, let's answer one question at a time, Darla.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a, a, an investment for sure. No matter what level showhouse it is. show house it is, it's going to be an investment. I think as far as the benefits are concerned, let's start with that. It's definitely very important because... If you're attached to a charity like you know a Junior League or Kips Bay or uh, Holiday House or even something that's more of a vignette styled project like uh, Design a Dime, right. which is like a show house, but more miniature space, you know, these are great organizations that are raising funds to help people who are in need. So to me, there are financial benefits to doing it. One, you can write off your expenses if it's attached to a charity with your taxes as a business because you are doing something for charities. You can write off, you know, portions of those expenses as a business. All right. So there's some benefit financially there. Secondly, it gives you a a profile. It expands exposure to your brand. That's very important. It gives you a chance to meet and greet potential clients who will tour your space. You want to make sure you have business cards and pamphlets about your work and other ways to get a hold of you in your room so that people can access you after they leave. There are great benefits in terms of your portfolio. A lot of times designers who are up and coming and just getting started need impactful spaces to really make their portfolio impressive. And sometimes when you are working with clients and you're just getting started, you may not get a client that's giving you a six-figure design budget or a million dollar design budget. You may be getting a project that is a very tight budget. Well, if you're designing from that angle, Then you're kind of tied to what that client wants and you're also constrained by the budget. When you're doing a show house, you can pretty much do whatever you want. You can beg and borrow and steal from the best of vendors, (laughs) bring in high end, you know, rugs and furniture and light fixtures and just go completely, you know, crazy with the design, then get it professionally photographed. And that just elevates your portfolio. So there are definite benefits to doing uh, a show house because whether it's a small show house or a big national brand, it's giving you opportunities to expand your business, and that's priceless. There's no price you can put on the value of that.
1: Plus, I think the people that buy tickets to those show houses aren't they kind of in the demographic of your ideal client? I mean, maybe mostly in that that financial demographic, that kind of level you want people coming in and saying, "Hey, can I have your card?"
0: No, not really. <laughs> 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 so, uh, and I'll tell you why I mean th- they're gonna make the tickets affordable for people the whole idea is to raise okay. money for the charity so you can't go too high otherwise people won't come but if a person can afford a $40 ticket you can get all kinds of people you know I've done show houses where I've had things stolen from my room because oh my people, gosh. no matter what their financial I'm I, I'm telling you, I've had I had a whole bunch of um, Kate Spade pins on my desk in one of my show house projects and Every day, someone was stealing two or three pens, and I kept putting pens in this in this little uh, container for this desk, and people kept taking them. You know, <laughs> I had to start, I had to get glue and start gluing the pens down in the container because oh, cool. people kept stealing them. Um, I have fresh apples on my coffee table because, you know, I believe in as much as possible have fresh flowers and fresh apples and fresh sure. fruit. And people kept stealing the damn apples. I'm like, what about, this is not snow white. <laughs> all right. This is not, you know, we come in here and just, you know, have an apple on your way out the door and keep the doctor away. No, that's for design and decoration. I paid for that for design and decoration. Well, and how people about them kept apples? Te- Huh? Yeah. How, how about, about the apples? apples? But you know what though? <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you this though. Um, those apples stay out there for you know several days, few weeks, and they may look good on the outside, but they may not <laughs> be all that good on the inside. And one person stole those apples when uh, stole two apples when they were really way beyond their expiration date. I shudder at the idea of what they bit into. <laughs> when they when they stole it but that's what you get for stealing you know don't steal that's right if you're 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 listening i hope it was tasty because that apple was not for you
1: (laughs) okay so that pops that myth that bubble for me i always think that everybody that would come through those are tend to be a little bit on the more fluent side and okay well that's because we went to
2: we went to the one in palm beach
1: well we did go to the one in palm beach and and that was
2: that was quite the the crowd ladies there that was interesting but so
0: (laughs) Yeah, most people are. I just want, I'm just trying to dispel the myth that just because you're wealthy doesn't mean you have manners. Oh, true. You want to have everything insured in the room. You know, have insurance on everything in the space because people do have sticky fingers. Whether they're wealthy or not, people wealth does not account for manners or account for how you may have morals or, or how you were raised. So you wanna be prepared for that and just have lots and lots of extra apples and extra pins because people <laughs> I'm gonna bring you some pins. pins. <laughs> Thank you.
2: So is there yes, any please. circumstance that you would discourage a designer not to participate in a show house?
0: I would discourage the designer from participating in the show house if they don't have the financial wherewithal to pull it off. So, you don't want to embark on something and then do it. I hate to use the word half ass, but you don't want to do it from the angle of not completing the job. You want to be able to come in there and really show your very best work and not be broke afterwards as a company, you know what now, I'm saying? So you want to budget for it and not extend yourself beyond your financial parameters.
2: Now, I heard you say that, you know, you can just do whatever you want because it's, it's your design. You can bring in all the high end, end stuff. Do some of these uh, lines donate some of this stuff for a month to let you show off in your design?
0: Yeah, I mean, what I try to do is partner with the manufacturers that I have a great relationship with. So I can tell you that in the past show houses that I've participated in, I've been, you know, privileged and blessed to work with uh, companies like Theodore Alexander, Stark, Kravit. Hudson Valley Lighting, you know, there's just been so many great brands that I've been able to partner with. Uh, Curry & Company, um, Arteriors, the list is very long. These are people who I believe in as far as their brands. And I've shown my belief and my support in them before the show house by purchasing product from them. Companies like Lee Industries, you know, these companies, they come to bat for you because they too believe in being charitable. But the best way to ask people to borrow furniture or to have someone donate to you is to make sure you're supporting them financially with your own clients' projects in advance of the show house. It's a lot harder to come to someone and say, hey, I want this, you know, $80,000 rug, for free. And I've never bought from you before. They're like, well, who are you? You know what I'm saying? So you really need to have a relationship in place. Not saying that people won't give you things if they don't know you, but if they do, you want to make sure you do your due diligence afterwards and follow up with cards and a little gift, and then make sure you follow up with a purchase order of some sort uh, to give them business to show that you appreciated them investing in your, your show house project.
1: Excellent advice. Okay. So now we mentioned money. We did mention the money. If you don't have enough money to do it, you don't want to do it half-assed, which is perfectly fine to say on this podcast. Right. (laughs) Because, you you know, it's a show house. You're going out there and you're, telling the people who are following you this is my best work you know this is me untethered look at how amazing i can be and then if it's half-assed that's do it it's yeah exactly this is me on steroids great yeah uh, what what kind of what kind of money are we talking what kind of price range are we talking aside from you know the vendors who how, m- do- how many donate. bags of money yeah how many as Nicole Heimer would say how much bags of money how are many we bags talking? Of money?
0: <laughs> oh i mean
1: it can what kind of range it can
0: get very expensive a lot it depends upon the size of your space if it's a very small you know Powder room or 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 closet Pub space, closet. <laughs> uh, it could be a very inexpensive investment. It could be you know, a few thousand dollars to do something amazing with paint and wall covering and accessories. Mm -hmm. If you have a large library, like I had at Kips Bay, you're looking at not only refinishing the room with furnishings and, you know, things of that nature, but then also books. You know, you got to get all these books on the shelves. You got to ship them in and ship them back. Can they be donated? Can they be borrowed? You know, that's a conversation for you and that vendor. I think also a lot of times it's driven by what you're going to do with your design. So if you're going to put in, say, Anne Sachs tile into a space that, even if it is small, but the Anne Sachs price per square foot is very high, and they want to partner with you and donate the material, then great. But they may say, you know what, we want to split the cost with you. But then can you afford that investment? Can you afford Mm -hmm. picking up 50% of the tab? Contractors, Mm -hmm. one of your biggest cost drivers is going to be your contractors because you can't really budget for them sometimes, your painters, your carpenters, your window treatment dressers. Those people are going to charge what they're going to charge. If you have given business from a residential or commercial level for your own clients to certain contractors, I would recommend going to them first because they have a relationship with you. They can vouch for your professionalism and they may be more willing to do something completely gratis or doing it for a much, you know, like a discounted price. And then you can save some money there. I have an amazing general contractor that I got a chance to collaborate with in New York for the Kips Bay showhouse. His name is Bruno and he is fantastic. He's an artisan, but I've had a chance to work with him on other projects. He came to bat for me in ways that blew my mind for Kips Bay. I couldn't have gotten it done without him, but the relationship was already there in place. You see what I'm saying? So I think what I'm trying to communicate right. here is that show houses, the strength of your showhouse success is really fueled by your relationships with you know, the showrooms, the contractors, how many favors can you call in? That's what's going to really drive your budget. It can make the difference between spending you know, $5,000 on a project to something over six mm-hmm. figures, depending upon the room sure. and, and also freight. Remember, with a show house, you have very few weeks to get the job done. So a lot of times you're spending a lot of money on freight charges. I need these lamps overnighted now. I need this delivered tomorrow. (laughs) So you're paying expedited shipping fees on everything. And that's thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And it adds up very quickly because it's all due right now. And you can't control that. That's why I'm saying you really need to have a, a marketing budget in place. I've seen designers partner together to do a show house together. I've seen designers partner with builders and architects to do a show house together. And then they split the cost, you know, two or three ways. So there's lots of different ways to skin the apple, if you will. But you do need to go into it with a plan and be prepared to spend some money from your marketing budget.
1: And when you're talking, when you're saying six figures, that's not the rare case because I remember when we were at Kips Bay West Palm Palm Beach last year, I was talking to the designers who did a kitchen there and they were in it well over 100K for oh, yeah. a show house. And they were, oh, uh, and yeah. I remember speaking to them, and, yeah, yeah, right. And I, yeah, I, I want, I'm dying to ask you how much, but I'm not going to ask you how much you spent <laughs> on yours. But let's just guess it's up there, guys. You can tell yeah. by
0: the uh, inflection in my voice mm-hmm, that I yeah. can, I am understanding what you're saying. <laughs> but you know, these projects are in architectural
1: digest and they get That's them clients, right. so they do get a return on the investment there. So it's, you have to think. it takes money to make money. And Natalie is flagging me down with a question here. I got a good
2: question.
0: Uh, We'll we'll be the judge
2: of that. No, I want to know how he came up with the inspiration for the room.
0: Well, I'm a huge women's rights advocate. And so I have an all-female team. And not that I won't hire a male designer or a male team member, we're not sexist, but I try to give women the best shot (laughs) (laughs) at getting employment, if they're talented and deserving of the opportunity, I try to give them the real focus because I think that women are not paid fairly. They're not given the the fair treatment they deserve in the business industry. And if there's something I can do as a man to change that reality, I'm going to do my part. And so when it came time to do that library, it would have been called traditionally a a gentleman's study back in the early 1900s when the home was built. And we're in the 21st century. So I started thinking, well, why not make it into a ladies' library? Why does it have to be a gentleman's man cave when women run the world everywhere from the house all the way to Capitol Hill? So I didn't want to do that narrative with that room. And from there, the color palette you know, all of that was driven by my desire to see a sophisticated woman running her house or running her business from that library and having the chic couture backdrop to back up her lifestyle.
1: You know, I didn't That's think cool. I could love you anymore. I,
0: I love you too. Thank you. <laughs> You're so amazing.
1: Are you hiring? Not, not hitting <laughs> hey, New York. Are you hiring? I
0: have two options. You can move to Detroit or you can move to New York. I have an office in both spaces. You can come <laughs> to either one. <laughs> I always need help. (laughs) Oh, that would be an
1: adventure. At your show house, did it have any limitation at Kips Bay? Like, we, Natalie and I were invited to do a show house down here. And this is when, going back to the question, is there any instance when you would say, no, you know, don't do a show house? And your thing about the money was spot on. So we were kind of going to do a show house, but it ended up being, we ended up turning it down, believe it or not, because the limitations were so strict. We could only use like beige
2: paint, you know, it was we basically a government property they were yeah. looking to redesign to and, get refreshed. And they wanted this designers to come in and do it.
1: Right. And so, and it would have been for us to do it. I mean, we did have vendors online and GCs and stuff who were right. going to donate their time, but it still would have been thirty, forty thousand $40,000 to do, you know, this local show house and it just, right. d- it didn't fit. It just didn't make sense for us at the time. We only have being, you know, two years in the design industry, just the, the expense didn't fit. So guys, you do have to weigh that in. I mean, are you at the point to where you want to spend 10 to 100, 100, you know, thousand, who knows, you know, what, depending on the size of the room, like Corey said, will it get you a return on the investment? Most likely depends on the show house, depends on your area, but you know, you have to have to decide that. For me, because it was so limited, it would not have been representative of my style and aesthetic and my potential. So we, we politely said no.
0: It does happen. I was honored to do the uh, Fisher Mansion Showhouse uh, last September of 2018. And that's a, a Detroit mansion that's historic. And they gave me the great room, which was a gigantic room. It had literally five seating Groupings. It was a massive undertaking. But I can tell you that I think I spent maybe, I want to say I spent around, I think, 12 or 15,000 total for the whole room. It's because I was able to negotiate some really great donations with my vendors. I borrowed a lot of the furniture, in fact, I, I borrowed almost all the furniture and just had great donations from my vendors. They hooked me up. I didn't have to do anything with the walls because the actual room architecture was fantastic. It was all paneled wood walls with amazing neoclassical um, architectural finishes. I didn't have to touch them. So all I had to do was paint the ceiling, which the show house paid for. And then we just brought in, you know, rugs and lamps and furnishings and beautiful light fixtures and just borrowed everything and then took everything back. So I think that 15 grand, I think, covered... You know, freight and charges to ship things in. Wow. Which gives you an idea of how much. Yeah, but it. it, You did really good. For us to spend that much on shipping, it gives you an idea of what it would be like if you. If you were buying all mm-hmm. the furniture or have everything custom made, you know I worked with Lee Industries, who were phenomenal. Right. I worked with them and they produce all the furniture. I had to use their fabrics, which is within their library of, of resources, so that if a piece of furniture did not sell at the end of the show house, they could easily put it back on their floor in one of their gorgeous showrooms across the country. So you have to know who to go to and who to work with who to ask, and you better have a good relationship in place with them because it's so much easier to have that kind of access when there's a a friendship in place with these people it cuts your cost it gives them great exposure I did have it professionally photographed so part of that 15 grand did come with professional photography uh, I hired uh, none other than Warner Strauby to, to shoot the space he's fantastic he's one of traditional home magazines top photographers I didn't want to cheap out on my photography because that's very important for the portfolio so you do figure that into the fee you know the overall budget uh, marketing pamphlet brochures business cards all of that was also out of that same cost, but yeah, you can do it on a tight budget. But the room, the bones, which you're given to work with, can dictate how much you invest. No two projects are going to be alike.
1: If you're more established and if you've been in the game a little bit, you're just going to you're going to have an easier time of it because you have established those relationships. To your point and the networking and you know being a, a junior designer or getting out there earlier, if you haven't worked with people, you don't have those yeah. people in play. It is going to be a lot more of a challenge. So. Definitely. If you, if you've been around and you've been around the block a couple of times. Yeah, sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's going to help. So let's talk a little bit about the marketing of the show house because it's a charity event and it's for an amazing cause. So there has to, there has to be like a delicate line about, you know, the marketing and the marketing benefit for you and your firm and not to overblow it, you know, not to make it about the design as it is more about the, you know, the charity, the the whole reason the event is taking place. To start with. So how do you how do you market it into to your benefit while still respecting that that boundary? Well, I
0: think that as long as you prioritize how you're spending those funds and your motive in doing the show house in the first place will govern and dictate how you market the project, if that if that makes any sense. You want to set out with a certain amount of money for your marketing separate from the actual overall budget for the project. So you have one number you want to spend for the room to make the room amazing, and then a separate number to market the space. A lot of the marketing we can do today is done through social media. So Instagram, Facebook, you know, all these different platforms are free. So you can get a lot of your word out that way through social media. Then Business cards, pamphlets, little brochures that people can take home with them that can tell them more about your firm, that may run you a few hundred bucks. If you go to FedEx office and have things produced in mass or some other print shop, that can run you a few hundred dollars. If it's a very successful, very popular show house with lots of traffic, you may end up getting rid of, you know, anywhere from two to five or six thousand um, brochures. Because people do take those things and they save them as you know, not only mementos of their experience, but they also are going to call you or at least look you up on the internet when they get back home. So you have to set aside money for that. To your question about the motive and and the charity, I think it's important that you are always telling people why you're doing what you're doing. So when you asked me about Kips Bay and my motive in doing The Room, I didn't just do the room for the sake of doing the space. I had an actual theme. It was a ladies' library. The theme of my room was called The Lady of the House with Love. And so I wanted to dignify and pay homage to women who have come and who basically hold the earth on the backs. So talking to the press, talking to different magazine outlets about supporting the young people of Kips Bay, these young girls who are coming up in that uh, organization, we're there to help give them a bigger opportunity with, with regards to life. Uh, we want to see these young ladies excel. We want to see them stay out of trouble. We want to see them reach their goals. And that library was designed to, again, pay homage to that effort. So I think it's all about thinking about what you're doing, why you're doing it, and sticking to your, your narrative. And that way the press will know what to write about when they do a coverage on your room
1: and it's easy to do to stick to when it's just as genuine and, and sincere as it is coming from you and I, that, that's why everybody <laughs> and, yeah. and the room was just such a success and it's just so so amazing I'm, I'm really my heart is like you know how the Grinch when the heart is small but it, then it gets bigger at the end that's how my heart feels right
0: now all big for you uh, <laughs> I appreciate that it could, and you know what darling, it could be about anything it could be about firefighters mm-hmm. you know who sacrifice their lives it could, huh? you, just because the, the show house has a certain exactly See how I, I kind of tie that in there. Um, it is just because the show house has a certain mission doesn't mean that your room has to have that same mission. It could be about civil rights. It could be about the the climate. Pick a theme that speaks to you. Pick a charity that you donate to and take that theme and work your room's design around it. And that way you have something meaningful to talk about with the press. Nothing is more boring than when Architectural Digest or House Beautiful or some other magazine outlet comes through your room and they ask you, what was your inspiration? And you have nothing meaningful to say. People want to know why you do what you do. That's what connects with a potential home buyer who may hire you to do their project because it's going to be a symbiotic relationship that will last for years if they like you. People have to like you. And if they don't know who who or what you're about, there's nothing to like. So don't do the show house if you don't have something to say and something to contribute. Don't just do it for selfish reasons as far as promotion and, and getting yourself out there. Trust me, That's transparent, it's very one-dimensional, very shallow, and that will show through when it comes time to interviewing you with the press. So, do it for the right reasons and you'll be blessed. Yes, it will. And
1: the storytelling. Storytelling is the key, and you you did it so well when you told us about the inspiration for your room. That's people just we just as human beings we love stories. We that's why we go to the right. movies. That's why we read books. It just captivates us, and that that totally it, on your social media marketing I and mean, everything you do. If you're your branding and stuff, if you're telling a story, and of course if it's genuine and sincere like it is with you, it resonates with the people who you want it yep, to resonate absolutely. with.
0: Absolutely.
2: So, and next time he does a show house, I'm
0: coming. <laughs> oh, please yeah, sure. come. Yeah. Although I'm not probably doing one until <laughs> next year at this point, but but yeah, by all That's means, That's okay.
2: Com- <laughs> That's okay. I can wait.
1: I can wait. Free pens yes, and apples. <laughs> yes. Please bring
0: some pens and apples <laughs> and some glue because we need glue pens, to okay. keep them down on and the tables. <laughs> Sticky fingers.
1: <laughs> Corey, thank you so much for your tips on show houses. Now I have to ask you if you're ready for the What Up Wingnut round.
0: Okay. I'm ready.
1: <laughs> why does everybody sound so scared
0: <laughs> no i'm good i'm good i'm ready
1: this is fun I'm, I'm, no this, you're this gonna know, be good i know you got this, you got
0: this. <laughs> now it's time for what up wing night wing
1: if you were a tree what kind of tree would you be and why
0: oh if i were a tree i would be a sequoia mm. because sequoia <laughs> trees are big they're just the biggest tree on the planet Earth. They're tall. They see over everything, and you cannot take them down. They're indestructible, and they last for hundreds of years. So I want my design work to be around for a while. I don't want to be a flash in the pan. Um, so I would choose a sequoia. No danger. Yeah. I want to no be No danger of that. Yeah.
1: Awesome. I love it. What would the hashtag on your tombstone be?
0: I think I would choose Edith. Oh, Edith, okay. the it would be an acronym for "Even Dead, I'm a Hero." <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I got that from Iron Man um, with uh, Spider-Man, the last Spider-Man film. Um, so that, yeah, oh, I yeah, seen yeah. It yet. Spoiler. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, Spoiler. yeah, I probably would choose. It sounds kind of creepy and morbid, but I'll be back. <laughs> I do believe that, like like a phoenix rising from the ashes, yep. I'll be back. So yeah, yeah, that's what I would choose.
1: <laughs> awesome. Speaking of superheroes, if you could have only one superhero power, what would it be and why?
0: I would choose the power of controlling the weather, like. You know, the storm, like storm from the X-Men. From X-Men. Yeah, but I would use my powers offensively. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, when I was watching Spider-Man <laughs> the other night, I was sitting next to some very obnoxious teenagers who felt the need to narrate the entire film <laughs> all the way through. And I would have loved to summon some fresh lightning down from the heavens to fry them <laughs> live. Not to kill them, but just to cinch the hair a little bit. No, I'm just sorry. I'm getting, yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting very teach dark them a on you guys. Like... <laughs>
1: I it's all—it's all
0: in my mind. It's all in my mind. I would rather use the power to make sunshine and clouds and make it pretty, right? Sure? No, no, it's I'm already fine. sure. It's we're right, yeah, I'm we're gonna already onto you. Beautiful lo- darkness. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that's—I love it. I love it. And last but not least, please recommend a book to the wingnuts that has had a profound effect upon you, either personally or professionally. I would choose the
0: Bible. I would oh, choose the Bible. Okay. I would. I, and I'll tell you the reason why. Um, no matter what sure. a person's individual religious beliefs may be, I do believe there are some great proverbs in the Bible that I really try to live by. For example, the idea of being humble and keeping your head close to the ground. That all comes from, you know, scriptural admonition to not take yourself too seriously, not to think too highly of yourself, to be generous, to give, to be kind, to be loving. I think right now we're living in a world where the political discourse is so ratchet and so mean and we need to be Mm. nice because our time here is so brief you know it's funny my dad will be 70 in august and i remember growing up and seeing my dad in his late 20s You know what I'm saying? And so to see him grow up and see him getting older, it really impresses upon me the finite nature of what life really is and how, you know, just the brevity of life, how brief we are here on this planet. So while we're here, be nice. And I think that the Bible has great scriptures and proverbs that just show, even if you don't believe in God, at least the concept of believing in humanity and believing in the best of us, our best human nature, and trying to appeal to that with kindness. I think that's very important. We lose that, we lose everything.
1: That's an excellent note to end the show on, Corey Damon Jenkins. Thank you so much for joining us, and thank, thank you, you so for much for me. for sharing the beauty that was the Kip Space Showhouse and the work that you do. And please tell Holly we said hello.
0: I will tell <laughs> Holly I s- you guys said hello. She says She's hi so as well. Sweet. She's holding down my office her. right now. So. <laughs> yeah,
2: all right. so, so do you have anything coming up, or where the wingnuts can find you or check you out? Yeah.
0: Well, I am working on my very first coffee table book. Uh, <sighs> and I just signed yes. an exclusive deal with Rizzoli. So look out for that. Uh, we're in developing stages of that right now. It's going to be very exciting. Uh, 250 pages of... Uh, exciting projects and so i'm looking forward to seeing that come out and there may be some other stuff coming we're in talks with some media outlets but we'll see what happens i'm not going to spill those all those beans just just yet yeah but we'll see what happens
1: awesome yeah awesome i can't i can't wait rizzoli that is like the interior design publishing uh publisher there so i can't wait to see
0: that book Thank you. Thank
1: you so much, Corey, Thank you, for guys. today. I'm still fangirling. Oh,
0: don't. Don't be. We're going to talk about you Don't be. Like I said, I'm, I'm only five foot nine. There's, there's nothing impressive here, so please don't. <laughs> Thank you all so much for having me, though. I really appreciate the honor.
1: Our pleasure. Thank you. Natalie, do you have a uh, $100,000 to do a show house
2: right now? I do not. But I, <laughs> I do have enough to go see Corey the next time he does. We're one. going.
1: We're definitely going. Oh, my God. The pictures of his room. He is just so talented. I mean, gifted, really. And th- the beauty that is on the inside of Corey Damon Jenkins just shows. He's yeah, and humble, his work.
2: kind, and mm-hmm. he has a cause for it. And It just. Drove home the fact that I eventually would like to start a charity, which you already know this, Mm -hmm. but just to have a purpose behind it and to believe in that purpose just tells the story and it's just so, I don't know. It adds, it adds it's definitely. It's inspiration. Yeah. Absolutely. You, you can learn something from him. You know, be humble, be kind.
1: It's funny that he mentioned the firefighter charity because you and I have been kicking around doing I have
2: been. I have been. For. I, mm-hmm. Thin Line Charities would be the name of it.
1: Right. For firefighters and police officers who've been diagnosed with severe illnesses and.
2: Or their children. Mm-hmm, and redoing. I, that, that hits home for me. In one and of redoing my, their spaces. One of, yeah. One of my buddies. Get cracking. I'm working on it. I'm working got, on it. You got
1: the hotline over to Susan Winterstein. As, I
2: do. I do. Yeah, Susan said she'd maybe show me the ropes, and I'm sure she'd be willing to give me plenty of advice.
1: Yeah, let me tell you, that woman has some serious experience, and she knows what she's doing, but that is something that would be— That's a full-time job. —near and dear to my heart. It would be. Yeah, because, you know, that's what we did. I was a previous popo, and you were a current firefighter, or would that be a fofo?
2: I'm not, not a fofo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, guys, from Corey's experience, right, he's obviously seriously high level. You know, Kips Bay is calling him to do the show houses. But you saw even at his level, he's getting traction from clients coming through with stuff saved on their phone to, you know, to work with him. Hey, that's the same guy. You know, he's spending money on pamphlets and business cards and actually boots on the ground there in the show house to talk to people. coming. You got to give it to him hmm. He's a man that definitely understands the human connection, the storytelling, the personal touch and the, the benefits of networking. And he mentioned social media marketing, and it's basically damn free.
2: All I know, Darla, is that if you're going to do a show house, you better budget for it. Mm-hmm. You better have the funds. Mm-hmm. And like you said, have those connections, but have have something to back that you know yeah, they buy are, from those vendors and then ask for They're favors. crazy
1: expensive. They really are. And if you don't have that networking, those connections with the vendors and you haven't done business with them already, then they don't know who you are. It's going to be that much harder they to do. They might tell you
2: to go all And
1: but don't don't be afraid to say no. Also, if it's going to break you, don't do it. don't do it. Really. It isn't because Natalie and I were invited to do one. I think we had been in business we, for a year and just decided, you know, it just isn't doesn't align. You know, we had to make that that call. It was very flattering to be invited, but it just didn't. It wasn't work a fit out. for
2: our business. Mm-hmm. Know your brand, know your business, know your budget, know what you can spend.
1: All right, guys. So that's it for this episode. If you liked what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes or whatever you're listening to this podcast on. It really helps new listeners to find the show, and you know, it it helps Natalie and me to know that you know you're listening, that you actually like the show. Because here we are, staring at each other, driving each other crazy. In an empty room. So, (laughs) please do that for us. That would be amazing. And please follow us on social at Wingnut Social. And that is it for this week. So long. See you. Okay, the yawning thing. I don't know what it is. Is it psychosomatic that once you start, you get in here, you start yawning? You got to do some push-ups or something, lady, because it, seriously, last time it was totally killing my mojo. Find a new co-host. <laughs> hey, Natalie, how the hell are you? I'm
2: fine. <laughs> <laughs> You know how I am. <laughs> okay, ready? Let's do that again. That's it. Wrap it up. We're done. All done.